Um, hello. This, welcome to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is no longer home viewing. It's the couch cast. Yeah, couch ca- couch chronicles. Couch chronicles. <laughs> Do it. A, t- a tale of academia <laughs> and... Um, I don't know the best. And a city. In one city. In one city. <laughs> we took out one of the cities and replaced it with academia. Exactly. <laughs> I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And I'm Corey. I'm Chris. Hey, Chris. <laughs> and this is Home Viewing. Special edition. It's a podcast where we watch all the movies in our movie library from A to Z. Which or Z, if we you're on? Canadian. Which one are we on? Which I don't know. What, what? G? Yeah, we are on G right <laughs> nice. now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Last episode we watched Captain of the Greek. This week we watched Get Out! Woohoo! Jordan Peele's Oscar movie. It's the movie that won him the screenwriting Oscar, not the directing Oscar. Even I wouldn't though. know. I don't watch the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, am, I am the Oscar. You know what? Me neither. At Excellent. this table. We, we, we did watch some of the Oscars. Yeah. We watched this year's we, Oscars. It's a bad curiosity thing. Not really. We support it or anything. You guys probably also have TV, I'm assuming. Uh, I have TV and I don't watch it. Like the sketchy kind? I do the thing where about like midnight, the night the Oscars happens, I open my phone, I start scrolling, and I go, wrong, wrong. <laughs> Nope. What? Who's awake wrong. at midnight? No you were like, I feel like this year you were just like, Spider-Verse didn't win everything? Well, this is <laughs> Yeah, that was me. That was me. obviously I'm the mandolin guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing a ukulele. Can I curse on this podcast? Yes, yes. curse okay. as much Done. as you want. Check. Mark. <laughs> You're already so much better at podcasting. Now I don't have to curse anymore because I got that one out of the way. (laughs) Uh, So uh, our friends Chris and Corey are joining us. Chris, you may know if you listen to Thumbs the Facts. And he was on our episode about... Birdman. Yes. I was on Birdman. Yes. Yes, that was how the entire (laughs) Birdman went. The entire movie was just drumming. And then, Table uh, drumming, specifically. Mm-hmm. We brought him in because he has never seen Get Out before. It's true. I wanted to give him that experience. Corey and I went to school together. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, we got our masters together. It was okay. <laughs> it was. It was. Mm. The school part was fine. Yes. You were awesome. Thank you. You were also awesome. Yeah, um, and we. Uh, I have to say that because it's a podcast. <laughs> it's kind of weird. You I came only over, saying that in the past. Tense. I came over to his house. <laughs> Because I don't like him, really. It's true. Which is <laughs> why I agreed to voluntarily come over here. This is all Go pro- on. Pro- professional former classes. This is networking. This is, this is networking. If I do this, then Corey might... This is networking t- after going to your wedding. and like I've been, I've been in it for the long con. Absolutely. Listen, this entire time... You gotta I'm, really play him. This entire time I've been inviting you to stuff, so maybe you'll teach my paper show in your up. class. Yep. Show up. <laughs> show up to their wedding. Really throw them off. <laughs> Keep Not, guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Keep them on the toes. <laughs> so, Corey, what are, you, 
what what is your specialty in? Uh, Studying. I, have, I actually still have zero specialty, which luckily for me, you don't have to figure out till year two, which I'm now entering, so I gotta figure that out. Uh oh. So I have I still have zero uh, specialty. I'm still like doing the learn it all, except learn it all all in the PhD program instead of the master's program this yeah, time. I and get that. so um the biggest thing, which is why I think John invited me here, is because I joined the research group, the Liquid Blackness. So we are essentially doing research on blackness and aesthetics throughout that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I uh, interacted a lot with some liquid mm-hmm. blackness projects through um, our professor Alessandra Rango, who mm-hmm. is just brilliant, phenomenal, just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Does a lot of really good research and writing on blackness and aesthetics mm-hmm. and in film. Like I, I think the first class I took with her was advanced film theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then we took her LA Rebellion class too, which was really cool. Yes, Advanced Film Theory, L.A. Rebellion, and then you guys left me. I'm sorry. And I did Blackness and Aesthetics where we read Fred Moten, who is a tough cookie, but it was really good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I would like to credit Alessandra actually for getting me into mm-hmm. a lot of, like, post-colonial films. Yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. absolutely. That was a lot of my interest in, like, mm-hmm. sort of... Gave me a way to like critically look at a lot of Latino filmmaking, and, and especially like since she she hit so well on third world as film in mm-hmm. our advanced film theory class. Exactly, like it was very beautifully done. So. Is that when you watched the the island one? We watched the uh, I can't remember the name of it. They're talking about they they like lived on this island and had like. Did they have oh, Daughters of the Dust. That one. Yeah. Oh. We didn't. That was what for the. Uh, that was for. The, the history, yeah, like, the, the one the, I can't the, remember the name of. Yeah, it was it was a specific study. Black filmmaking. Black filmmaking yeah. history, mm. and it was so good. Dars mm-hmm. of the Dust, Julie Dash. Mm-hmm. Oh. And yet you still haven't seen a Spike Lee film. What? What? Did we watch Bamboozled for that one? No, we didn't watch Bamboozled oh. for that one. It's actually got wild quiet there. Yeah. You should speak up into the mic. You, yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Wow, seen someone's Spike ashamed. I, yeah, a little bit. I you am should, a You bit. should, in fact... Black Clansman, I just watched that one. Oh, the new yeah. one. oh I didn't see the Spike um, Lee film. Oh, you forgot that there were new ones. Before that movie, you had not. No, and in the Advanced Film 3, we watched um, She's Gotta Have It. Yes, we did so watch So you've seen too. Uh, yes, I have. I thought I could yeah. go off on John. Wow. I tried. Well, to be fair, I haven't seen the ones that everyone has. The I haven't good seen one. Do the Right Thing. That's yeah. the good one. Okay. Well, they're all good. But. Yeah. Black Clansman. They're like classic, like... Spike Lee film. This is true. You would really like Do the Right Thing. I believe you. you well, would. you'd be sad, but Black anyway. Klansman was so good. It was. Oh, how about how about this movie we just? Oh watched? yeah, we should actually talk about this. How movie. about Get Out? Oh, uh, so just because I mentioned Into the Spider Verse before, I just feel like <laughs> what? No, I feel like this is a good segue into there. Uh, when they were yes. making Into the Spider Verse, there's a scene where Miles is you know sketching at his desk and doing stuff and singing along to uh, Sunflower by Post Malone. But that song was originally supposed to be Redbone, apparently. Ooh. Like when they were doing, when they were uh, when they were uh, doing their con- conceptualization stuff, it was Redbone. And then Get Out came out, and they were like, "Well, Get Out owns this song now." Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. So yeah, I mean that that actually really fluidly brings us into basically the opening of the movie, right? Exactly. Where where the the music and right walking in the white suburban neighborhood, and mm-hmm. then we get this like very classical right music as the man mm-hmm. is his you can see his legs like pulsating and he's being getting tased and like exactly. thrown in the back of the trunk to this run, classical run, beautiful white era repeating movies. over and over. Yeah, again. that 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 would be nostalgic for the suburban like white mm-hmm. classical 
crowd. Like that should have this different connotation, but then when you combine it with the visual of the black man getting thrown into a mm-hmm. truck, mm-hmm. it ha- it takes on an enti- entirely new meaning. But it also mentions mm-hmm. rabbits, which is wild. Because Considering us, us. <laughs> no, there are a lot of themes that yeah, it's Chris hasn't seen us. Yet. Don't ruin us. It's not a big spoiler. We're not going to say anything else. I, I'm just saying there are certain things that Jordan Peele is fascinated mm-hmm. with. That is rabbits are, one of them. I yes. It's almost like you could consider him an auteur of sorts. Oh! Considering considering that, you know, he Uh writes his own screenplays and directs his own films, Uh you might think that. Yeah. Especially since he's very taken with, like, um, the supernatural and, like, horror and, like, all of these whimsical things, which is why watching Key and Peele is so hilarious. Mm Because they're so whimsical thinking, right? They're so... Mm -hmm. But but it's fun because if you look at those sketches, you can also see the elements of horror Uh creeping in. I feel like the... uh, the tension, he does really good jobs with psychological tension, mm-hmm. even in the older stuff, too. Because, like, the one that I think of is when the, uh, the Nazi, uh, the yeah, Nazi yeah. Was a good, that's a good yes, one. Ty Burrell, and he's, like, ratcheting up the tension <laughs> to be like, these are the ways that we determine who the Negroes are, you know? And it's just, uh, it's, yeah, it's very real world, like, things of the now into, because the way I compare it is, like, especially when we're talking about, like, horror and what is the horror for black people, right? When we talk about that kind of thing. I think you think back to to the earlier, the Key and Peele stuff, where that's where you would employ some of the theory that's more like mm-hmm. the capacity to imagine something new. But yes, while still grounding it with this is what is, with mm-hmm. these ways, but it's this capacity to say, how can we imagine black people in new situations and all these whimsical kind of moments and, mm-hmm. and you know, scenarios that we don't typically... And also to criticize, like, you guys remember that... Uh, what was the uh, the one where they they walked up to the reenactment the the people and they oh, got yeah, him yeah. to finally say the n word at the end yes. like by by like playing the the old you know trope and that's the point is that he's so very well versed on like these old tropes and mm-hmm. how they convert into newer versions of themselves in modern culture and like if you read interviews and stuff with him you, this is always kind of what mm-hmm. he was going for he wanted to really bring this black cultural experience mm-hmm. to the big screen even when he was working in comedy that's why he got so frustrated mm-hmm. when he wasn't able to get as far as he was absolutely and so when you're when you're thinking about the capa- capacity to imagine this entire like series and then you get into horror where it's all about the opposite it's about Look at how these antiquated white people are just now fitting into the black bodies, the young black bodies, mm-hmm. and living on, right? At the very end, it's about the art dealer, the old white art dealer who passes on his, per- and he gets the black eyes, the black perspective, yeah, he- or he's trying to, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I assume that we assume people watching have watched, like, there's yeah, no spoiler, absolutely. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, no, you know, okay. it would be very hard to do this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the whole pack, like, he carries that camera around the whole time, too, mm-hmm. which is effectively his lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, like, capturing capturing his experiences, mm-hmm. and you're seeing his perspective on things mm-hmm. rather than, and I think that, I, I, I mean, I feel like we need to say it, none of us are black. Yeah. Oh, yes. Right yeah, right. absolutely. <laughs> I feel like that's worth saying, yeah. Yeah. because we aren't going to fully understand this on the same level as a black person would. But Jordan Peele allows us to empathize with those characters by, by I think the camera is actually a really great tool for that because we, we are seeing through the character's eyes. And in a, in a way that that's kind of the point is that mm-hmm. traditionally we are not, even if they say it's a black perspective, we're not traditionally actually given the black perspective. We're giving the black perspective filtered through a white mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, constraints, mm-hmm. these social constraints, which is why, you know, the first thing once this movie came out, everyone was so shocked apparently that the white liberal 
she's a woman, she went the other direction when yeah. you shouldn't be. Because especially when, you know, all of those cues in the beginning, but then especially when you get halfway through the film and they're saying, they're sitting outside together, you know, in, in nature. And of course we can take this all as allegory and pretend these things really happened and the actual horror aspects mm-hmm. didn't. Because these, these things could happen, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so the point is that they get there and he says... I need to get out. That was not a seizure, right? And she says, I don't know. Look at the experts. Look at the white experts who are neurosurgeons, mm-hmm. who are the old white people who have had the chance to make what, what the terms are and say, and claim what the expert knowledge is, right? Oh, man. And then she says, look at these. And they tell, you know, it's like gaslighting, saying don't believe mm-hmm. your, your lower class, mm-hmm. you know, intuition, your, your black perspective, because look at what the experts are saying. It's that brainwashing of what the white liberal is doing, right? The white liberal, quote unquote, mm-hmm. woman. And when they make that decision, when he says, I want to get out, and instead of her saying, okay, let's go, I will go with you, that's the difference between a white liberal, right, who is who is a quote-unquote white liberal versus, like, someone who is really trying to, to revolutionize Trying things. to be an ally. Because actually. you go you go with them, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, all right, let's go home. Implying, right? Yeah. So we, you come back to my culture, and you acclimate with... You know, if you want to be in my life dating me, you have to learn all these things and suppress your your normal and watch like from a TV yes. this like double consciousness going to Fanon specifically. Yeah, you know, I think it originated with du, Bo- du Bois, right? Du Bois, yeah. Um, but Fanon for me specifically, the look and ego, right? Yeah. Where where you have this double consciousness of you are constrained by well, yes, someone else is piloting the movements that you are allowed to make in the real world because you can't as a black person. You can see yourself being looked at from their eyes, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it so disturbing when he's interacting with the other quote-unquote black people, too, because he's trying to find a perspective and relate. He's like, he's seeing what seems to be a familiar face in an Mm all-white place, and they are just not clicking. And that adds to the horror Mm -hmm. of it. You're being denied your cultural experience because you're being made a consumer of your cultural experience, which is... And, and the fact of the matter that they say, no, I'm the one doing this. Because that's the point, is that in this allegory, yes, it's the white person doing it in the allegory, but in real life, it's genuinely what they are desiring and being constrained because they know that that's what allows them access to, to the white um, gallery owner eventually. If you yeah. are a black person who wants to be a photographer, you have to abide by these certain constraints mm-hmm. because you're living within like a world that yes it's a very specific version of white culture the art gallery world but it's it's essentially the the same as taking a parallel to the white suburb it's taking any of those mm-hmm. very white spaces in which you're getting constrained by what you can and can't show what you mm-hmm. can and can't yeah so i will say um as as people who have grown up in the south god that party was just visceral <gasps> so that for was me. like i wanted to talk about that yeah. because oh. i think i don't know exactly how you grew up but I know I'm pretty sure of me personally. I probably I grew up man. the most. Hell yeah! Okay. I probably grew up in the most of that area. I know it goes like, kind of like that too. But like but specifically, you you grew up in like the affluent. There is a area. restaurant yeah, where I grew yeah. up called High Cotton. So I mean, oh, you, you, you go with that. To be fair, so, to be fair, one of the most popular restaurants in Augusta is called the Bull Weevil. Yeah. So I know Augusta's kind of the same way too. So it wasn't necessarily like the. I know, like, Augusta National itself had issues. Oh, it has. Like, has, still, yeah. We'll forever have yeah. issues. <laughs> I mean, we're in Georgia, pretty much everywhere around here. Well, I'm from South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I will say that, that that was why that I had to get up in the middle of that stupid party mm-hmm. scene, because I, I wasn't having all, all, all the well, white people commented, trying it's, to... It's all the tiny comments. That's the, what the, the microaggressions piling on and on, essentially. Yeah, and I still hear things like that sometimes, when like, from people I knew back... 
that are most of them are i guess older but like people that i knew when i was younger growing up i still hear it every once in a while these days and i'm always like man the like the guy who was insist talking about how tiger was the yeah, best yeah just the like game. it's uh, the smallest things it's but i think insane. that's the most important part is that mm-hmm. all of them were white liberal meaning right they were yeah. trying to get out they were trying, they were trying to, to, to the be good, like, say the good we're, thing we're right empathizing thing, we're trying unquote. to relate to you yes and, and so it was it's their saying way that of, these are the bad guys they're not looking for the southern racist people in um, this yeah. horror movie mm-hmm. they're showing yeah. people who are who are genuinely but i'm saying like i'm saying to that degree that i would i would get that i guess microaggression is probably the wrong word just like the the like Almost like a do the least to feel like they are part of like yes. your experience is that what I was kind of going it. for. Like yeah. the surface level detail. And that's, yeah. and that's the kind of like casual racism you do see in like yeah. that upper that upper class white people like both. You know, I don't know if it's just the north or the south, but I I saw it all the time in the south. How like especially gr- going to like a Catholic school and then growing up and going to a Catholic high school mm-hmm. for a year that gave a lot of black athletes scholarships mm-hmm. so that they could win. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw you saw that same kind of thing. You saw the white kids and their parents trying to relate to the black students mm-hmm. and doing about the, sports. Yeah, yeah, doing the exact same thing. You know, mm-hmm. and I know in this case, some that they were literally trying to measure him up to mm-hmm. see if. He was a commodity worth invested investing in, and that ooh, that's that was chilling. Like once you once you see that auction. So did you know what was going on when during the uh, during the bingo scene, Chris? Do I need to do the same thing I did with Shape of Water and just tell you at what point I figured out what was going on? Yes, because I'm really bad about doing that in movies, and y'all heard me do it. How the hell did you not bring me for Shape of Water to talk about fish sets? Oh, we, we haven't, haven't gotten. They haven't done it. Haven't done it. I just went I, I, Beth and I watched it one day randomly, anyway, and like. I told Bethany Bethany later (laughs) after we watched it what point I figured out what was going on, which was like a third of the way into the movie. I was like, I I get where this is going. (laughs) Well, okay. That's what you said halfway through the movie. They're boning. Yeah, he leaned over and he was like, they're boning. They're doing it. It was like when I was. I lie awake at night going, the only thing I want to do with Don and Bethany is talk about fish sex, and they've never invited me over. I mean, to be fair, it was like when we were watching Civil War, and every time. Every time Scarlet Witch and Vision interacted, I would just like lean over to Bethany and be like, "Hey, you know, <laughs> she's gonna fuck the robot. Yeah. <laughs> she will fuck that robot, she, whether you like it or not. She's going to I fuck the complicated robot. Feelings Vision about is Vision. basically just a vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> he is a super powered vibrator. But I also talk about Scarlet Witch like that. <laughs> I'll yes, go ahead and move this conversation perfect. back to the movie because I want to yeah. talk about two things based on the the comments that you were making. Mm-hmm. Is that that focus on the body? It brings us obviously to the animalistic comparison, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, how black people obviously. And, and what was the new uh, the new movie that about commodification of black people? The the one where the, the horse people. Oh God! Uh, what was that? Oh, sorry oh, to bother you. Sorry. Oh yes. my God! Well, it's just interesting because Lakeith Stanfield, who starred yeah. Sorry to Bother You, is the guy in the intro of mm-hmm. this. And that's part of the the quote-unquote equality in the contemporary mm-hmm. like culture. It's like, oh, well, they can be basketball stars. Well, that's because you fetishize this like animalistic quality about them in order to oppress them Oof. on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. You've, you've, and that stems from eugenics, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember yes. like when they were trying to wean out, and especially talking about like the, the, the UFC moment when he mm-hmm. said, you know, with, your, with some training and your yes. genetic makeup. And you look at the kid who is like this washed up alcoholic who's going to an Ivy League school. He is the, you know... The, the epitome ser- of white failing upwards. Yes, mm-hmm. of white failure who gets to go there anyways, of, of white mediocrity because of that lineage, right? And and talking about this intellectual superiority while yeah. this... 
black guy has a perspective, this artistic perspective that he wants, and he's using the scholarship that he can move through easily as a mm-hmm. black person, right? This because he's been branded in a certain way, which branded is incredibly va- valuable term because yeah. that even gives mm-hmm. off the commodity people literally being branded in like slave times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, you saw the tattoo on the guy's neck, right? Yeah, yeah. the tattoo, the, the tattoo like, on. The, like the tattoo on Lakeith Stanfield's on his neck, and you could see it on the sleeves Ooh. of his arms, too, oh. when he went to uh, do the fist bump and grab oh. his hand. Oh, I, I missed that. What was it? Yeah, um, so Lakeith Stanfield, the, uh, the the guy with the straw hat who had been mm-hmm. kidnapped in the opening mm-hmm. scene, he, there's that one point when uh, Chris goes to fist bump him, and instead of fist... Yeah, what was the tattoo? That's all I was You can't see... Well, you don't see what the tattoo is, but you see that it's there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And it's like a clear marker. It's like of his past, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's just... But to answer fact- your question, you had a minute ago. It was when the uh, I can't remember the name of the character now, but the uh, the one that ended up being the grandmother when she was looking out the window. That's when I was like, "Oh, they're all the black people are hypnotized." Mm-hmm. And then I was, but and, and then, then after you that, started to figure it out. Yeah, when when the blonde guy won bingo, I was like, "Okay, I see where this is going. They live inside them." I think. Yeah, <laughs> but that was that was the part where I was like, "Okay, I see where we're going," but it was still like really well done. To, ju- like, yeah. to, to jump out of the film and into the cultural zeitgeist that has surrounded the film for a second, apparently a common thing that happens to Bradley Whitford now is if people run into him in public, he will ask they will ask him to take pictures auctioning them off. That is a oh. thing that happens. Oh. I hope Bradley doesn't like that. Oh, he said it creeps him out. Yeah, yeah. okay. He good. said it creeps him out, but but it's also like a thanks, Deadly. <laughs> it's a sign of yeah. Yeah, it's this- a but it's a sign of the impact that this movie has had mm-hmm. on our culture in general and the the way that we look at things i just oh it's such a like and the I, move from I, the literal auction of old times where they yell it and mm-hmm. they can say it to uh-huh. the silent auction, oh, yeah. is important, oh. right yeah. the the movement mm-hmm. from we can we can say it out loud we can scream it because no one's ashamed of this to we now have to pretend this auction yeah, is going it's, on it's, it's a, it's racism. Yes. we, oh, we have yes. to hide it beneath so that no one can see that we're still auctioning off black people mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. as long as no one can hear it then then there are still signs right like the flesh memory not to bring this back to theory yeah. again but that's hortense spillers right there's this flesh memory there's this this idea that the tattoo the brand is there mm-hmm. you know from the past the history or like even with the flash it's the idea that you, yes you yeah. can flash and then there will always or the tear right there's the always this memory in the body do. even mm-hmm. once the white person takes over there's a memory that the body holds on to and i feel like the image of black tears specifically is something that has been used a lot in in film mm-hmm. culture as you know, not to bring it back to the Oscars all the time, but as Oscar bait specifically, because if you look at stuff like The Help, you look at you look at a lot of a lot of like the black acting award winning performances are in white directed movies, and a lot of them involve black people yeah. essentially breaking down emotionally. Like, I was gonna mention that when we were talking about the like directed thing with like Spike Lee and stuff was that whole controversy that happened that was like the last two times Spike Lee went up for an Oscar, he lost to a reconciliation film mm-hmm. by, uh, by a white director. Gross. Yeah, Because yeah. I, I don't Which remember if it was Do a... the Right Thing that was up for the Oscar, but it was one of them, and it lost to, I think, The Help, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he was up for Black Klansman the same time as the, as Green Book, and it, lost mm-hmm. both times. Yeah, I was about to say, he, it losing says something about that, because that's what, I was about to read that as a problematic, because a lot of times black emotion is brought out as a as a spectacle, right? Yeah, as, as a, a spectacle, for, as, a, as, a, as a performance for, for the white audience. 
audience member as a means well, it's, to it's, mm-hmm. I don't, I always oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. We, we were actually watching the Oscars though, and remember, like, who was up there? It was so. It was. It was because I think. Let me let me look up the 2018 Oscars. Real. There was just this moment because it was it was it was Samuel L. Jackson, and I think it mm-hmm. was for best original screenplay and best adapted screenplay, and Green Book won best adapted, mm-hmm. and then Black Klansman won best original. And you could see just the difference in the celebration from Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And part of that is because, you know, both he and Spike Lee are more House alums. You but know? he so said they, something to Spike Lee. Do you remember? He said, the house! Oh. About, about Morehouse, specifically. No, he didn't say anything or, or, like, about time, I you think. You could just see his said. face, like, fall and be like, when he, just With the Green Book up. part, yeah. 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 Well, the way I always looked at The Help and Green Book and those kind of, like, I know this isn't super, for, like, super, super on topic, but the reconciliation films was always the, like, the the black character isn't a character. They're like an object mm-hmm. there to Absolutely. for the mm-hmm. white character's mm-hmm. yep. plot to happen. There's a mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. archetype. That's that's the sunken place. That's yeah. exactly yeah. what yeah. it that is. That is the sunken place. It, they, their image has been captured as as to be employed for white means. That's mm-hmm. part of the sunken place, right? Which is why it's so effective. Yeah, and I mean, that but brings, like, oh god, using using the visual of the TV screen as the means for where they're experiencing it too. It's just like. That, I mean, it, it, it all comes back to commodification, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's actually exactly where I was going to go with that That next, is especially <laughs> since we're talking about, like, um, white emotion and this, it, right, talking about, like, the close-up and the importance of that for emotion, mm-hmm. especially in classical cinema. Yes. Because that's when they started developing the close-up, is when yeah. mm-hmm. when they, you know, starting to convey emotion in these, in these specific ways. Mm-hmm. And, and so it brings me to the way that he, Jordan Peele here, strategically employed all of these stereotypical... Um, things of the close-up that black people yes. have been used in in terms of this horror, right? Like the wide eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, completely and seeing them trembling in this in this kind Absolutely. of fear way, and especially since he juxtaposed like the main character who is like still holding on to his black culture but mm-hmm. having to acclimate to this like suburban area, and his his friend, right? Yeah, who was like this complete quote unquote stereotypical yeah. like, and he's strategically employing that as like as as this way of showing who says oh you know who is usually used as the punchline. He's putting him in as the punchline for this reason because he's yes. making these punchlines and he's going oh motherfucker's gonna get taken as a sex slave and he's right like he's yes. right yeah. the entire yeah. time right. It and also felt no like one it. is listening to him except that one point where he goes in and he finds a black police officers sitting there of course they start making fun of him later mm-hmm. but when he says he has been missing for days and he's been with a white woman she looks at him seriously and believes him and mm-hmm. says okay go on and that was so important at yeah. that moment she says go on whereas and you can see the difference between her believing him it just reminds me of, of the belief of the white woman who did not go with him and said let's get out let's trust your intuition mm-hmm. she says i have experienced some of these things Go on, tell me more about the situation, and then they start laughing at it. Yeah. Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I I also feel like it's a bit of a commentary on like the way that that white on audiences view black audiences as well. Mm-hmm. Because well, it just makes me think of that joke in "You're the Worst." Um, do you, there's there's in a there's a there's a sitcom where the uh, British the British pasty white boy author goes to the uh, cinemas in Compton so that he can yell out plot inconsistencies at the screen. Yeah. And that's and, that, <laughs> and, 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 and he'll make fun of that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then and and then he's he runs into the rapper characters who are like, well we do go to the we do go to the Beverly Hills cinemas so that we can see Wes Anderson movies and clap for Bill Murray. <laughs> 
and that's the funniest part about <laughs> I mean bringing this back to Key and Pula's their yes, history exactly. is that they are not employing these stereotypes as wrong things they're employing them as yes these are parts of black culture but let me show you these let, and let yes. me show you like the depths to it yes, and the they're not just to and, be made fun of for white yes, people yes, and it's and, and they're the absolutely line, they're yeah. absolutely employing Rod the character as mm-hmm. as essentially the black horror audience who's like why would you go in there don't go in there or something like that but then they're like oh guess what he was right the whole time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and disavowing that, like that part of the black culture is part of what's wrong with white liberalism, right? Mm-hmm. Is is saying that is oh saying, no, black people aren't like this. They're like this. This white construct of what we deem to be prestigious. They're right? like this. The they're box. they're Obama's third term. Yes, you know? yeah. Oh they can God. fit into our box too. They're not. They're not like this. And mm-hmm. but you're basically ruling out all of these things that are important to black culture in order to mm-hmm. make them. All of a sudden, prestigious enough. Yeah, the for you. sterilized yeah, image of black yeah. culture. I love that repeated punchline, though. The uh, the third, yeah, the uh, <laughs> he would have voted for Obama for yeah. a third. Yeah. I think it's also so effective that Bradley Whitford, who most people associate with his character from The West Wing, Josh Lyman, is the one who's delivering <laughs> that yeah. line. That you guys know, like actors, and what they do. <laughs> well, I know nothing about that. And I'm the not people, good at actors. I'm same, good at West Wing. I'm good at West Wing. I'm a film major. They're like, oh, did you know so and so and this? I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm not good at movie actors. I'm really good at actors that were originally in certain 90s TV shows. Okay. And where they went afterwards. This such sounds as, oddly specific. Yes. <laughs> such as everyone in the West Wing. I always know what they've done. Okay. <laughs> I always know. I keep track of them. Which is why I it was so do. wonderful. <laughs> To hear you on the couch, like, wait, Bradley Whitford is in this yeah. film? <laughs> I try to go in, like, every movie I can blind as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So, Which I think this is a good one to go in blind for. That's one for thing sure. I like about actually not knowing every actor that is off the top of my head. That, like, they outside, they play like, with their connotations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, there's the obvious ones you always know. Like, mm-hmm. I'm always going to know who, like, Russell Crowe is or whatever. Yeah. But, like, there are some people that I just know their face and then I see them like, oh, I didn't know he would be this movie. That's kind of mm-hmm. cool. But I feel like that gets ruined when you know too much about film. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. Thank that's God I don't I pay attention it. to yeah. any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm so into actors and performances. It is my downfall. Well, we'll be literally watching a movie and halfway through the movie, he'd be like, oh, I already know what happens. I'm like, oh! <laughs> because I was on the Wikipedia article yeah. for this I was, guy. Because I was yeah. trying to look up... Oh, I thought you were talking about me. Yeah. Yeah. me. <laughs> no. No, this happens in TV shows more yeah. than anything, if I'm being honest. I, I'm so bad right now with TV. TV. Like we're reading the Wikipedia article if it's something that's already been out. Oh, yeah, I'm so exactly. bad about it. Thank just God don't, I don't just don't read. do that before you watch <laughs> the Expanse. Yeah. <laughs> really plugging it again? <laughs> I love that TV show. I love that TV show. I'm never gonna watch it now. I know. <gasps> you should watch the second season for Bobby Draper. Okay. If, if, if for nothing yeah, else. Yeah, convince me. <laughs> oh man. So normally. Wait, this is this is a different situation for us because normally we split this podcast up into what worked in this movie and what didn't work in this movie, and it is so hard with a with a film of this caliber because everything worked. <laughs> I was going to talk about something that worked, which was I personally don't like things that try and preach at me too much, no matter what the subject is, because mm-hmm. I get annoyed by it. But this like this movie actually treads the line very well of like getting the point across without it being like I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for. It's the it's, fact that you got preachy vibes at all. No, I didn't. That's what I'm saying. I'm it's trying like, to, I'm you, trying to like. It's it's not sermonizing. I that's think a good way to put it's it. It's more. It's more of a demonstration of this is the racial situation in America. It isn't. It isn't necessarily a call to action or anything. It's yeah, that's kind of what I'm more getting at. It's like a 
demonstrative version of it, yeah. I think that's also a racial problem, though, is that, like, it's the same way that, like, we're arguing right now, female-fronted band is not a genre of band, right? They're incredibly different. It's the same way that, like, almost in this entire, until, like, you know, this black culture is, like, flourishing right now, almost always it's like, this is a black movie. That's not a fucking genre. Yeah, I feel like he strategically employed the horror genre alongside like his comedic that's kind of what i'm getting at like it wasn't marketed in such a way like that and i'm and in the past they haven't been allowed to have like a black movie that's not like it's about blackness and black culture and so i get what you're saying from that that angle. it's like almost like these constraints are being loosened a little bit in this current political moment to allow something like this to flourish where it's not that they haven't wanted to make these kinds of movies before where it's not Mm -hmm. preachy and not just about blackness because that's not a fucking genre that's just all that's it's, that, it's just like the black experience isn't a genre, it's an yeah, experience. Yes, it, was, it can be in horror, it can be in comedy, yeah. it can be in all these different... Um, these are all mediums in which it can be employed. The problem is that it's not allowed to be employed. It's it's the same exact way. It's like, oh, this is a female-fronted band. It's like, okay, well, what fucking genre are they? What kind of music yeah. do they I'm trying to think of a, an, of a good analogy for like what I was feeling, but like... I, I, I definitely agree with the idea that like the main reason I don't think that's happened for this kind of thing is just like no one's funding it, because... I don't know, because bullshit, but whatever. Yeah. We did have, like, a, a little bit in the 90s, but that's when we were first getting kicked off as, like, black culture can be a thing. And so yeah. there, were a lo- mm-hmm. there were a fuck ton of, like, this movie's about black culture movie in the 90s when they finally got, like, a budget for yeah, movies about absolutely. black people. But now we're, like, we're taking that step. And that's also kind of the point, is that, yeah, on the surface we can be seen to taking that step to, like, oh, well, now black people can get genre movies, but they're still going to be contorted in certain ways, right? Absolutely. It's well, just I mean, a new mask. I, there, a new- was, there was a lot of uh, controversy recently, actually, about that film Fast Color. I don't know if you've heard of this. I haven't. So it was a, it was a intergenerational movie about black female superheroes, essentially, and it got a very limited release, and it wasn't widely publicized at all, and everyone was like, how come Avengers Endgame gets this, and that they do nothing for this? And it's like, yeah, because studios only want to put their money behind guaranteed money makers, and they don't believe that black genre films can make can make a can make bills. I mean, wasn't it, wasn't everybody surprised by how well this movie did? Like, wasn't oh, this movie absolutely. supposed to like do all right, but not like uh, as good as it did? Absolutely, which is why it's so amazing. I think when you look at us. Uh, the opening weekend, it was sold out every show. I know you're gonna be mad at me for saying this, yeah. but a prime example to me of of black people now being mobilized in new ways to serve old functions. You can say that it's an all black cast movie. You can say that most mm-hmm. of the people who made it were black. But if if these black people have already been taken to the sunken place, then it's still a white produced movie. It's just Absolutely. With black. And the movie that I see of that is Black Panther because it got Ooh. a huge box office thing from black people. And yes, I agree that it's making... I knew that you'd be... But no, 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 no. This is a spicy take, but it's the take I, I expected I, from you. I so, see that as, as, as putting, oh, now black people can be superheroes too. And we can mobilize them in the same exact way that we have in the past towards being like... Yeah. So you know what I've learned today? Mm-hmm. What? Corey is much braver than I am. Yeah. Because I couldn't say that to you. And that's I'm a fucking about. revolutionary. That's how I felt about Black yeah. Panther. That's I was how... just too afraid to say it to you. <laughs> that, it was, that it was in some way I pandering. know how much he loves Marvel. Oh, movies, you see. You, you see, can also be critical of the things that you love. Uh, and you, you know can abso- do that. Uh, absolutely yeah. you can. I honestly I, felt the same way. I'm going to say it now because I've been boldened. I felt the same <laughs> way about that scene in Endgame that everybody cheered about. I was so Which fucking one? The, the, scene. Uh, the oh, scene the, where they were like, wow, that's crazy. All the women are in the same place suddenly in the same place. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, this it's, is That's cool. corporate marketing. I mean, if you oh, look it, it at was Pride abs- Month, was, what was Pride Month? It was corporate people playing to like 
pride. We're proud now. I mean, that's the way I see Black Panther or these moves towards feminism. It's like, it's you catching on the profitable train. And that's, well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's what I'm getting at. Like, you see, and, and I think... I'm going to make myself another drink, but I'm so listening. Go for it. Go for it. You see, I see, and I see the points y'all are making. I think the choices, however, to give creative control of a lot of these over to... Uh, well, over to... Sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> I think the choice is to give creative control of these superhero movies over to people of color is a big deal, though, in some ways, yes. in that it is showing... Well, it, it, is, it is trying to... Well, uh, Ryan Coogler, who directed Creed, um, who directed Fruitvale Station... I, I just can't remember yeah. who it was. Yeah. So Chris, he, have you seen Creed? The band? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to no, talk to you about this, but keep going. Another, another, another franchise, uh, franchise film, and yeah, absolutely, it is pandering to a black population. I still think that the representation that they are getting from those is important. It is something that's good that it's happening. I, st- but yeah, it's absolutely capitalism at work. So I think I, and now I still love those movies, and I still love the spectacle of those movies, and I love the anti-colonialism that they are trying to that the they manage, and this is something that I will concede. The anti-colonialist messages that are in those movies are absolutely snuck in under the radar of the major of the major distributors. Like, because even if you look at Captain Marvel, which was partnered with the Air Force, like right after they made Black Panther, they partnered with the Air Force to market Captain Marvel. You know, and after even though that movie still had an arguably anti-war, anti-colonial critique, it was still fetishizing the military mm-hmm. at the same time because that's where the money is yeah. in those DOD <laughs> contracts. So it's like, so I would argue. That while the overall message is there, the people who have been elevated into those positions of power are still attempting to maneuver it so that they're getting in maybe not necessarily in the overt messages, but in the more subliminal stuff. Because that's the entire thing in Black Panther is about, oh, no, you can't use the master's tools to break down the master's house. That's one of the things I was going to say is that you're, you're falling into the trap, the idea that this is what I tell my students explicitly once I get into the point where I feel comfortable saying this uh-huh. and where they've had my class the entire semester yeah. is that I say representation is a best case scenario under capitalism. It's Absolutely. not doing anything to dismantle anything. It's Absolutely. on the surface playing to these narratives when narratives can't change anything if you're not changing the formal structure. But I do think that representation and and, and like it helps you know, black you know, people I'm... get into the sunken place. It helps black people get fit into old structures. It helps everyone move Man, up into old structures. I should go to school so I can learn how to say all these ideas I, I've had my whole life that I don't know how to say in words. I I agree that it, that is what it's doing in some ways, but it's also allowing you to uh, allowing those kids because as make some money and sap like vampires equally, how white people could sap like vampires upon the lower. I am classes. so here for this opinion. Sorry, I'm a fucking you know you know no, what you asked no, for. No, no, no. I, I, I knew what I asked for. <laughs> well, you see, as someone who has benefited from positive Latinx representation, yeah. as someone who sees that, it is still important to especially have especially for kids. I agree for, yes. for kids mm-hmm. especially. As an adult, you have to learn to create, yeah, critique it and see it beyond. And that's that. the problem: is that but we're not teaching people. As can I they make grow a hot take? Think, yeah. Yeah. I think that the okay, you might really hate for this take, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Which is, I've been bullying you yeah. all around. I think, I think, and I, I could be totally wrong about this. But and my, fuck your mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> he just like he just like goes at it for everything today, and as soon as you come back, he's like, I gotta get everything out now. Yeah. I gotta tell you everything. <laughs> so my experience. With well, you know, I don't watch every movie or a lot necessarily. What? A lot of movies, but let me I watch every okay. movie. Okay, I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm just trying guy, to. Yeah, you brought in a guy who doesn't watch, like, every, watch every movie, right? We've been trying to help him. Okay. Okay. Brought him here. So here's what I was gonna say: is I, I don't know if it's that 
they've been more successful or um, I know. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's that they've been more successful or marketable or what, but I have this feeling in my head that the like Latin X genre of movie and genre is not the right word. Someone has a better word for that. Yes. Than me, ah, because we don't have a word yet. I don't, That's the point. I'm trying to think of like no, the space, I love that. That's the space that of Latin plays X exactly movies. into my argument mm-hmm. is that we we are now moving there right now because of Black Lives Matter. There's a political movement that yeah. is allowing this art to flourish alongside of it, but. I need a word for it. For me, it's like space. The space for those movies that originate from that community were always more marketable, or at least they were earlier. That's what I'm getting at. And I feel like that's why... Well, it's because people people love to fetishize Mexican Mm -hmm. and Latina. And Del Del Toro is the the Jordan Peele for that audience. He's moving Mm -hmm. into, we can do fantasy now. We can do horror. But I'm also making the point point that, like... And this could be just because I'm not... A super film person. I watch things that catch my interest. We don't expect you to like know the terms. We just you're no. I'm just I'm trying to like you know be respectful about how I articulate things, which is like like movies like Eat to Mama Tambien for some reason hit a lot of people's consciousness. Fuck that movie and whoever talks about it for like three presentations in class. Well, I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm saying. This is a direct fallout at me. There actually was a point where John started trying to I talk mean, about he, it. I was like, John, I've already seen it. He loves that it. movie so much, and he like it's not like he did the same presentation. He did it for like different actable Yeah, things. I want to look at like the different <laughs> It's a good movie. Yeah. Just, I and I think it was only two. So I might have exaggerated it was, the third. It was two. Okay, so I think I yeah. think but third felt more like it was it was good for the joke. Right? So what I'm getting at is that like that movie happened, but I don't know what like black culture movie happened that was the same. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but Itama Tamiya was done. I can't remember what country 90s. it was in. Mexico. Mexico. It was Mexico by a Mexican director, right? Cor- by Corona. <laughs> I'm making sure I have. I'm not good at directors. That's what I'm saying. So you should know Corona. Was that a Mexican by... release movie? <laughs> Yes. All okay. my favorite filmography. So, Why do I know specifically comes, all my favorites? This comes around to my last bit of this take, which might be the weirdest part, which is, does it have anything to do with the fact that, like, the like predominantly the countries that have, like, black culture just haven't, like, hit, like, the global culture yet? So, so there's a huge Nollywood market. Absolutely. That's what I'm, I don't know that because I don't study yeah. films. So like that could just be and like I just don't experience it, and I'm trying to figure out if that's the reason. Like, but most they're, people they're don't. not going to. So Hollywood has dominated the market since yes. the very beginning. Right. There's no changing that at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like so we, that, it is, that is that is like our second biggest Nollywood. Export. So that's nor, nor uh, Nigerian. Okay, that's what I was gonna guess. So I was just if you okay. look at a history of Japanese cinema, even like there is no such thing as a Japanese originary cinema. They started yeah. taking. I mean, obviously there mm-hmm. are art films like yeah. who they started there's, doing you know, experiments and doing other. And there's Kurosawa who like defined. So that is one Japanese thing I cinema. do know. I do but know Japanese. But stuff. but at the same time, but at the Pretty same time, much. Kurosawa then was yeah. influenced by Hollywood and then influenced Hollywood himself. And this is why we talk about changing the formal structure because. Hollywood, since its inception, there was this experimental phase like there is every single time there's a new technology, Mm -hmm. but pretty much since its inception, everywhere across the globe had to get on board with this Hollywood style, this colonized style of filmmaking. Which is why movies like Itu Mama Tambien, which take... Are so radical. But the thing about that is it comes in under the mask of a Hollywood film, Mm -hmm. which is like Teenage Boy Summer Road Trip. But actually what it is, is it's about... 
It's is it's about the political state mm-hmm. of Latin America, yes. and it's about and it's about how you have to hold on to your culture and your identity. So I could in speak, a world that's completely assaulted by it. If I could speak to that a little bit, like mm-hmm. I watched that movie not knowing what it was. I basically chose it on the title, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'll just watch this, I guess. And I watched it, and after it was done, I was like. I know this meant something, but I'm going to watch it again and <laughs> yeah. try and figure it out. And then I watched it again. I was like, okay, this isn't just like a weird teen movie. Now it's, I understand. It's a political allegory. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's honestly how a lot of people reacted to Roma. It's like, so So what's wild is like, oh my God. You know, I remember talking to my parents about Roma. They were like, I don't understand why this is a big deal. And it's like, mom's like, this is just Latin American day-to-day life. And I was like, but mom, that's why it is a big deal. She's mm-hmm. like, but I grew up with this. This was me living. This was me living there. I was like, that no, was but that's wild. the thing. People other than you didn't grow up with that. Pe- he's he's exposing this to the world and it's getting so... Ugh. So that's why in my thesis, I actually advocate for films that straddle the line like this. That's yes. why directors like Jordan Peele, like like um, Quaron, like... Uh-huh. like um, Del Toro are so important, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's why people that straddle the line between art film and um, and like changing the formal uh-huh, methods, yeah. not just the surface level like narratives, because you can change the narrative all like yeah. Marvel, uh, and of course, and of want. course, you, you you know I you know I love the hero's journey in the yeah. narrative, which is why yeah. which is why I'm more of a culture critic than a than a radical. But changing the surface, <laughs> changing the narrative, isn't going to politically affect people on a yeah on a, on a deeper level. level right? It's it's gonna it's gonna get them those messages and get them thinking yes. about it, but it's not going to radically change things. But at the same time, if you try to ask like the the people who need to hear these radically changing messages, the actual masses to watch this like incredibly artsy revolutionary film yes that's gonna be more potent if you can get them to sit down and watch a ton of revolutionary films they will start to love that and desire that in a different way but if you can't get them to sit down and watch a ton of them and develop that desire and start to realize that there's a new way of thinking around that then you they're not gonna want to watch that movie they're not gonna get exposed to that ever which is why i find a way to expose mm -hmm. them to make it entertaining to them based on these hollywood structures that have existed forever which is while changing that structure which is why i think it's important that the three amigos of mexico are all doing hollywood movies in the Mm -hmm. in the 2000s that's why i think prisoner of azkaban is so important not only just because it's fuck you don i'm out (laughs) (laughs) that's why harry potter is so important no and podcast prisoner of azkaban specifically though because it got coron into the limelight and it got people paying attention you heard it here guys the same way that prisoner of azkaban fixed hollywood yeah done the racism is over same way that said the four white people on the podcast three three white white people people one Mix. <laughs> one, we're gonna call him ambiguous. One white passing guy. Yeah. We gotta gotta be clear about that. I still benefit from the privilege. Thanks, of prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> you really, you really done did it for us. You can thank Spanish colonialists. <laughs> but, but I'm just being honest because these these anti-colonialist and post-colonialist directors getting jobs in Hollywood got people to pay attention to them. Yeah. And I and sure, maybe they were maybe they were That's being shills at the though. time. They they want I mean me talking about the man like a it like me being like look at me wearing my skinny jeans and <laughs> but like, that's exactly what they want. They want you to think the only pathway to get your name out there is by going the, the corporate route. Is but they by do, going but the... they do that, and then they make films that still continue to subvert that even afterwards. But the reason they subvert that, as we talked about in Dr. Tussie's class, is because they can still make the system oh, money absolutely. through award shows. Absolutely. <laughs> because now, oh, they're like halfway art film, but they made it already through our system where we train mm-hmm. them up and like completely, con- you know, made mm-hmm. them submit to oh, the rules. Oh, man. Oh, 
So that's so me. if you if you every if you time want... I talk about movies, I want to like say things to Corey and then have that come out with the correct words after. <laughs> so if you so if you guys listened to this and thought that I was it was kind of radical in my takes on you movies, brought me in. exactly. This is the dim- <laughs> I feel like I'd be more radical if I knew how I'm to like... voice my opinions <laughs> on movies. <gasps> I, like, wrote out this entire paragraph on my Facebook the other day that I didn't end up posting was, like, how to be revolutionary in your daily life. You need to start doing, like, you have to break these boundaries. I'm like, I can't. This is so dumb. This is so fucking dumb as a social media post. Like, every time I write something serious, I'm like, okay, LOL, cats. And then I post a meme because, like, it's the only fucking thing that works. Like, to put it, to put it just another way entirely, I'm like, I'm like Julian Castro and you're like Vladimir Lenin. Yeah. No, wow. you remember that time that me, you, and Wolfgang after class were like, which one of us is Which one which? of us are which in the Frankfurt school? And he was like, I'm Adorno, Corey's Benjamin, and you're Krakauer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so, and as soon as he said it, we are like, oh, fuck, yeah. It's true. Shit. For those of you who don't know, though, fuck Adorno, first of all. Yeah, I, fuck I, Wolfgang. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to Chicago, by the way. What? Yeah, wow. he got accepted into Chicago school. Yeah, you saw that uh, Daphna's going to be yes! at uh, Chapel oh Hill. Gosh. Yeah, no, I yeah. mean, I got to, like, see her in person and find that yeah, out. Yeah, I was talking I got to, like, give her a hug and be like, the fuck, you're leaving me? And, I was like, talking to her on Instagram about it, actually. I know, all of you guys are leaving me. I'm, still, I'm still around in Atlanta. I know. I'm it's around not the forever. same, you're not in the classes to, like, talk about things with me. You can text me anytime and you It's know. not the same and you know that! We should just go to a place yeah, that has hookah and hummus sometimes. I was about to say, I bet they would let you come sit in on the class. I was going to say, you might just sit back there. Yeah. And they'd be up. like, hey, John. Like, what's up? And you'd be here. like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Here's my four-page-long fan, page long fan fiction about the things <laughs> we discussed in the class. John goes Wait, to- didn't you write... No, we talked about a fan fiction of, like, Adorno and Benny... Who did we ship? Krakauer and... We shipped two of those, I promise I, you. I, I do remember this. I don't I remember just, the Shame, sentence. I can't remember which ones we shipped. So to wrap up about we love, the movie, we, we get love, out. Oh, yeah. Babe, babe, you haven't, babe what, do you, huh? what do you have to say? Oh, yeah. I don't have any takes. You don't have any takes? Hot take. You gotta no have take. a take. Come on, give Revolutionary, us one. no take. Give us a take. As a girls fan, what did you think of Allison? Though, to be fair, a girls fan, that's a, that's a controversial that's thing a to say. That's a funny call out because do you remember when we watched it and I was like, I don't want her to be bad. And I I was sitting next to Chris and Chris was like, I don't want her to be bad. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, this was me. It's because you knew. I knew. Yeah. I knew. You're like, but it was coming. sad because, but you also, you also in culture don't want to be that. Li- like the liberal person that yeah. doesn't know what they're saying, yes. and then you find out later that you've said all these bad yeah. things, and you're like, you don't want to. That's be why the I bad just person. don't talk a lot. Yeah, I just don't talk a lot. Well, <laughs> le- so again, speaking from three white people, one ambiguous, uh, <laughs> racially ambiguous guy over here, um, person in the room. I think that's that's also kind of the point. We've all been the white liberal at some point because we were well-meaning liberal, but that's the first step. And so it mm-hmm. takes people, like, I would never, like, roast some person, some white liberal who's trying to say something, like, go in on them and be like, that's not revolutionary enough for me. So that, but you, know, you might be like, oh, well, this is how I see it. Like, there's a better way to do that. And, well, I wouldn't even use that term because mm-hmm. to me, the best way, if I'm, like, joking around, like, we talked about going to 529, if I'm drunkenly joking around, which I am with a lot of those people who are, you know, same as me, like, they're, like, you know, lower income, working class, work at server jobs and mm-hmm. shit like that. And, like, we're talking. And so, of course, like, 
you're not an educated academic. You're not getting your PhD. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't have all this theory behind you. So when I'm talking to those people, and I love those people, right? Like, all the time, like, something problematic will come out. And I don't say, hey, maybe this is a better way to look at it because no one is going to be receptive to that. It's especially fair. when you're, I mean, I'm when you're so used to, to... Yeah, well, but also when you think about, like, who has had the education to learn to be receptive yeah, to criticism? Sense. It's also the same educated, richer crowds, right? Yeah. Whereas you get defensive when you haven't had that education Absolutely. to learn how to be receptive yet. It's like high school, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when 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 people to me talk about that instead of saying that's not revolutionary enough or whatever, you know, you say you say something like. First, you know, obviously question, well, why do you think that? I go, oh, well, don't you think, like, play it as if you're, yeah. like, throwing in other examples of things so that they can come to the cl- conclusion on their own, which is the same way that undergrads work, I've mm-hmm. learned, is that Absolutely. you can't tell them this thing. You can't connect the dots straight up for them. Right. You have to show them all the dots and the way that they connect up. So and then, then, they say, and then their minds have to learn how they to They raise their connection. hand and they say, isn't that, yeah, isn't that, doesn't that mean this? Oh, I'm glad you, student, pointed uh-huh. that out. It does look like that based on the data, these dots that I've drawn out for you yeah. in this co- correct, isolated, narrow order while isolating out all the other variables yeah. And then you, you see all the other 50 like Yeah, dots. yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. This has been How to Be a Better White Ally with Corey Couch. Yeah, I mean... It's, no, it's true, it's, though. But it's, it's true. I wasn't, even, how- I wasn't even good at it until, like, this past year teaching has taught me so mm-hmm. much. Like, mm-hmm. teaching, like, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, some of them, like, 20 but like it has, sh- I'm really good at teaching. I had mm-hmm. no clue because I'm so nervous about like presenting in front of my peers. Yeah, I'm I remember, no longer nervous about because I'm teaching. Because remember when we had, we had the knowledge. Our, yeah. But like remember when we had to uh, present on magic I realism? I up. Yes. Yeah, I remember. That was my first presentation in front of you guys. That was our first class, and I because I had the worst public speaking ever, and so now like I make jokes at my kids. I'm like really good at it. I'm really good at remembering dates and details mm-hmm. and things like that. And I found that because I know that I know more than them, I don't freeze yep. up. Mm-hmm. And then I also am now really good at giving presentation to my peers at this point. I don't freeze up anymore because yeah. I've gotten so good at doing it in front of people. Exactly. Who are not, yeah. Which is what I think was really helpful about the smaller seminars is like yes. doing it at like the, t- Even the conference room table. I got better slowly, but mm-hmm. it didn't, it didn't have enough to push me over to the confidence of like having to recall facts on my own that like yeah. teaching did. I'm like, I feel so much better about myself now as an <sighs> academic. It's you see, this is why I love having you over to talk about stuff though because because we because we come from very similar but different experiences yeah. and perspectives and like because like you're because you are you are coming at, at it from a more radical bent and like mm-hmm. i like to think of that i'm radical in some ways but in other ways i'm still very much because you are you you're more about we're pr- thinking about different audiences yeah I think. because you're thinking about I, how do i be radical to my audience and i'm thinking mm-hmm. well that would never work around the audience that i need to be around you see with. yeah because i because because you know i love i love Pop culture criticism so much. I love and it so much. And that actually works for the people that you surround yourself with, exactly. right? Because when we talked about like who tends to get defensive, who well, because they they're used to these this critical thinking level. Mm-hmm. They're also probably college educated, right? Whereas the people I hang out around, almost none of them are yeah, college educated. I've exactly. got like one best friend who's like graduated Diana, right? And mm-hmm. like none of my other best like friends have yeah. graduated. They're all like they went directly into serving jobs. They all yeah. went, like those are the people I hang out with, and so it's like. You can say yes, and it's not that your your strategy mm-hmm. totally works for those people. Exactly. You can say I can explain it in this way, and they can get it. Whereas that would never fucking mm-hmm. work. To my and, and like our and like our writing and stuff is for different audiences yes, too, because because exactly. you're very into into theory, and I'm very into narrative. Mm-hmm. And it's just like coming yeah. at it from those two different perspectives. So yeah, beneficial. It, it it goes well. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so are we ready to rate? Wait. Oh, we oh, rate at the end. Wait, but uh, what? wait. So wait, we wait, talked wait. about. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, kids, calm down.
It's not. It's not reading time. <laughs> what did yeah. I talk about? Leave it. Okay, connecting the dots. Yeah, I'm gonna connect the dots now. You know. Yeah. Oh, let's let's see Chris connect my own dots. Wait, wait, before Chris connects the dots, do we want to rate it first? We want to yeah, go to the concession rate. stand. Oh. What's the concession stand? It's our ad break. break. Ah, then Microsoft. Hi, this is Jesse. And this is Griffin. And we're Avocado Toast. We're a news and social commentary podcast by young people for young people. Have you ever wanted to know more about climate change? The social conflict in Venezuela? Or maybe why Trump sucks so bad? Then we might be the podcast for you. New episodes every week. You can find us on iTunes or Google Play. Just go and search Avocado Toast. Check us out. Eat the rich. Have you guys heard of the new Windows phone? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this in after the concession okay. stands. It's ironic that a movie about hypnotism has so much product placement in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, take out the game. Who's yours? Who's yours? Microsoft. Is there, are you smoking a lot of cotton right now, Chris? Yeah. Exactly. Just, just blowing some, blowing I, some cotton with I know your you're deep gonna, thoughts. I know you're gonna cut. You this. want to go listen to Slipknot later, Chris? God. I know you're gonna cut this. I just want you to know a dude that owned a vape shop came to adopt a dog today, oh, and he no. kept asking. He sounds insufferable. Let me finish. He kept asking if he could give his dog CBD stuff, <laughs> like if it was okay. And everybody was like, "This is kind of weird." And then, uh, and then he was going to get like a leash for a dog, and it had like hashtag MAGA on it. We were like, "This is like uh, four uh, things." Uh, is not no. what is but going me on. And you. Oh, You're like, excuse me, sir. Actually, there's a problem with your application. We can't let you adopt. This well, man. actually, he didn't end up adopting. So, oh my god, it's I was like, just like, I this mean, is a lot for me where I'm at right now in my life. You might have a vape, but you're just insufferable at that point. Like, I mean, honestly, I love smoking from vapes, and if I had the money to go buy a vape, I'm sure I would. But I prioritize other things, so I just like roasting them while I can, like while I can Absolutely. be on the high horse because right. I, I, I you, yeah. you're only on high horses for so long. But I love the way they taste, and, and then I love you get, getting that buzz, and then you get hired by Marvel to. Make a movie, and, and then yeah. you can't be on your high horse anymore. And they'll be like Revolution and Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> You'll right. be like Maori culture and yeah. Thor. <laughs> Wait, are you ready for Chris to connect the dots? Connect those dots. Right. Chris. I'm gonna try this. All right, and I'm gonna come from Can this from. Can you start with fuck mandolins? That was the yeah, mandolins suck. No one has ever played one well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, the, that's accurate. Well, John, that's for your audience, and not mine. Yeah, <laughs> I've never played one well. The mandolin <laughs> is a percussion instrument, and not even a good one. Like you don't even touch the strings. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, so you, you can't. The thing is, if you pull mute the strings, it's a very good percussion. No, I'm talking about playing it flat. All the almost all the people I see play. I was gonna say marimba. Sorry, mandolin. Play it like that. And it's not even that good. You know what? Here's a hot take for you. Bluegrass should have drums. That's exactly what I spelled out this entire Tweet time. Eat my fucking ass. Wait, no. Did Seven Handle Circus have drums? Anyway. Seven Handle Circus did have drums. All right. All right. But eat it. my it's fucking ass. I need to check my phone. I just realized I'm going out with Emily tonight. All right. <laughs> Movie dots. Movie dots. I'm going to come at this from a really weird angle. Please stick with me. It has yeah. to do with the culture I grew up in. All right? Let's hear me out here. And this comes, this circles back to the idea that I was saying about, I think I finally decided what I meant when I was talking about the like preachy thing. And this yes. is the dots. All right. So check this out. Have any of you ever seen. This sounds really preachy right Sorry now. The you question? please stop preaching <laughs> at me? Have any of us ever seen. Have you, any of you ever seen like a, I call them a corporate Christian movie. 
Oh, God, oh, no. Yeah. I've yeah. never really oh. watched I'm just that. asking if you've ever... So, so, are, are, Almighty thinking, doesn't count. Do you know what movies so I'm talking about? No, no, no you're thinking about count. something like Fireproof. Fireproof is a perfect oh. example. Yeah, Fireproof or Heaven is for Real. I've yes. never heard of these names, and I'm really oh. glad. Oh, uh, All right, uh, so again... There's, there's, there's a couple other ones that I... Just bear thinking, with me. There's the one about like that the, the football team, too. Yes, I can't remember which one it is. Um, but anyway, Fireproof is tried, the I best tried. example because that was probably the most mainstream one. Yeah, because it's the Something Brothers. Something. Yeah, so Fireproof, I'll go really fast. This only has to do with me connecting these dots. Fireproof is basically a movie that is about the only way to fix your marriage is if you're Christian. Anyway. Are there any fires in the movie? Oh, well, he's a firefighter. He's a firefighter. That's why it's called that. Starring Kirk Cameron by the... So he's uh, never home. It's, yeah. it's directed by <laughs> Alex Kendrick, who co-wrote and co-produced with Stephen Kendrick. So the Kendrick How Brothers. Yeah, Kendrick probably Brothers. probably burn down the house at the end if there no fires. Right. Okay. Right, so here's my dots, which is oh, there is I don't know of any movie that ever existed that tried to be Christian that wasn't corporate Christian and marketed as like a way that like this is a Christian movie for Christians and it will sell you a Christian value. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel that way about a lot of like X culture movies is the is the issue that are like they're marketed as like this is a x movie for x people about x mm-hmm. and that's why i hate those movies no matter even if people like it i kind of got that vibe a little bit from black panther which is why i just stayed quiet about it i was hoping that my paragraph that i wrote out the other day because it's exactly about this was still up i saved it as a draft i must have deleted but anyway it. that's how i felt about black panther i just didn't say anything because mm-hmm. it's not like a yeah. popular good take i don't know that because yeah, to be fair a lot of non-black people super love Black Panther mm-hmm. too. I know, but I'm still saying Black Panther. Okay, I don't know if it was marketed that way at the beginning, but once that caught on, that is how they marketed that movie. Like, was, I don't think I'm wrong in it, saying it that. It was marketed think... as it was. It was marketed as the corporate version of. We've noticed that these black movies are all of a sudden doing really well, and so now this is our this is our addition to this Black Lives Matter. Or like this. Wonder Woman was kind of the same thing. Yeah, They're like, this is a movie about a strong course. woman. Women will yeah, love it. It's absolutely. about women. And, and women think, are cool. And it was just oh, like... That's, that, that was, I would argue that that's more of something that was marketed... That that, that was how Captain Marvel was marketed. Which is absolutely going to hit a certain wave of feminists who are like... In general, anything that is Marvel is going to be marketed like that. Okay. They're thinking of a yeah. specific target... They're, they're a corporation. They're a big corporation where they're thinking of a target demographic. So like whenever I... I agree ex- that that's how the marketing can be. Yeah. Now, to be fair, I was excited for Black Panther without having seen much of the marketing just because I really... Fucking what? I really fucking like oh, Ryan Coogler like and I'm his both performances. A, Mar- a Marvel fan already, and a film buff, and like into this. Thing. Exactly, that's the thing. You so, have to be marketed towards. So <laughs> don't have to be marketed what towards. What I, what I'm getting at is, this movie didn't do that or have to do that to succeed, and that's mainly because Jordan Peele's a genius. Yeah. Is kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, it was still marketed towards that, but it, it was. The, the difference was it okay. I don't remember the marketing of this movie at all, but like it doesn't feel that way watching it. Like that is like you what get a different feeling to, yeah. because it's a different mm-hmm. formal way of, of yeah. making it, and so and so and it's not like they're straying from from Hollywood. It's mainly done in the narrative, like yeah. like John yeah. likes. Like it's not like they're straying real hard. They're doing you know eyeline matches. They're doing you know mm-hmm. shot reverse shot. They're they're taking every single standard of Hollywood. Um, what, they're, what they're really playing with is formal in terms of like genre stereotypes, mm-hmm. things that are still technically like not not the surface level mm-hmm. content, but yeah. are in that in between level. They're they're also not like making of the film like kind of level stuff. So, babe, do you have thoughts on this? Hmm? Can I call you babe too? Yeah. Okay. 
So get in here, baby. Because I because I saw because I saw your face reacting when you were t- when we were talking about the Black Panther. Well, okay, so I was thinking about it, and I was like, I also didn't feel like the marketing was strongly that way. But I was also thinking we don't really look at a lot of marketing because we don't have to be marketed. To yeah, yeah, and, yeah, that makes complete. You sense. and I, as people who are, but also just like, I think we didn't have we didn't watch Black Panther with a critical eye because we had been craving this for so long. Too. Absolutely. Because, because you know, and that is a trap that I do still fall into. I love, I love seeing good representation. But it was so, and, and it's large, and it's largely because I think about my experience watching movies as a kid, and I think, oh, I want kids to be able to have those experiences too, which is why I kind of wanted to be more of a high school. And teacher that's than valuable. Undergrad the, teacher. I agree with that. The parallel okay. there, though, is well, to no. me, the parallel is always the well, the, right? What is white privilege? Is that you don't have to think about these things. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you right. have to notice them. And it's one of those things mm-hmm. that I'm always thinking about. It reminds me of, <laughs> of the Hollywood movie. Is like what? It, what is the privilege there? It's that you don't have to be critical of it. You can go through the narrative, and you can still have a good time and ride the narrative up and down, right? And and that's kind of the point. Is that and the privilege is that you don't have to be critical. And there's nothing inherently. Nothing about the movie makes you be critical. I'm like, I'm like, here's something I do want to say. It's like, there's nothing inherently wrong with the fact that these movies are getting made. What's wrong is that the voices are getting stifled. Yeah. And that, it's like, it's like, it's fucking fantastic that Black Panther was the phenomenon yeah. it was, even if it didn't yeah, do as much. I think it showed just how much money can be you know put what into that. You know also kind of blinded us from Black Panther? What did? We were so into the music, too, from Ludwig. Ludwig Well, but also because he took the time to, like, learn from these other African... What? He took the time to to go to Africa and make field recordings and work with... But you could have gotten a black composer. Yes! Exactly! That's what I was just about to say. Why not just go ahead? I'm always... But that's... It's... it's, And that... that It reminds me of, like, trans actors. Like, there are plenty of trans actors. There are plenty of disabled actors who want to get these roles. But instead, you're going to use someone who is not trans, who is not one of those able actors. And that has more to do with... To go talk to those people and be like, what... How do, there how are can plenty I make of black experience? composers who would love to make but, but that has more to do with college what? roommates Ryan. and they were best friends yeah with, with oh, the fact and that so it's almost like we have a filial relationship just like in the olden days where it's like they, we no, have our family high and our friends who have connections no don't high five that you're learning scoop it yeah. it's, it is <laughs> these are all the feelings I have I just thought network say. connections and who tends it to is, have network it is connections. absolutely right who tends now, to have the most networks I do but that said, I fucking love Ludwig Göransson's soundtrack because it's fucking fantastic. You're operating on an emotional level right now, and that is operating on an emotional level. But and that's see, the thing. That's I watch how we view films on an emotional yeah. level. That the first, my your first run at a film is often going to be on. An and emotional that's kind level. of the problem is that desires are routed in a very specific way to make your emotions towards. They're not to make your emotions. The the revolutionary thing is the thing that is hard to do. It's the thing that yeah. is, mm-hmm. right. It's the thing that is mm-hmm. that you're going to look not socially desirable by doing right. Yeah. And so that's actually. The the paragraph that I wrote, which was kind of addressing your question, is that I was ranting about, you know, because I had gone over to Flatiron recently, it, it was ranting about the hierarchy structure still within those systems, which, which is why I get along well there, because I'm a cute white girl, right? And who do you want the bone? So I try to use that strategically, right? And so I try to, like, do my weird shit that I do. And I try to do the uncool things as confidently as possible to make them aesthetically on the surface mm-hmm. look like they're cool, right? The kinds of things that you normally would do, and, like, I still get plenty of looks for, you know, yeah. but, like, the other half, you start getting confused because then when you get this this formal how someone is supposed to be working, is supposed to, to be cool within the scene and doing the not cool thing, mm-hmm. right? You are not being revolutionary when every day in your life 
you are still making a hierarchy out of any subculture because the difference between the alternative subculture is that their hierarchy is branded on the aesthetic surface content wise that the more grungy the more mm-hmm. edgy the more anti-establishment you get mm-hmm. then you get to be prestigious you get to be at the top of the level of that yeah. hierarchy in which who wins and the lower people are the uncool ones who don't fit neatly within the structures mm-hmm. the systems that you've made them out to be the cookie cutter mold that you've tried to put them in so I'm constantly trying to disrupt that. And I'm saying just because you are in a subculture that you see as, right, the reason that you think it is desirable to go do something illegal and, like, say, fuck cops and do stuff like that is because you get put at the top of the prestige chain there. You're not doing mm-hmm. anything revolutionary if that's part of the aesthetic. That's part of the prestige aesthetic within mm-hmm. that alternate, within that punk subculture, within that grunge sub, yep. you know, all of these things. So you can't take any surface level value because if you desire it, then it is probably the prestigious things to do. The yeah. thing that you desi- that you desire to do is usually the, pre- the thing that makes you feel awkward, the thing that makes you feel uncomfortable at first until you develop a habit of doing it and showing other people how to do it is the thing that is probably the thing that disrupts, right? We went way over, didn't we? <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Listen, there is no set time on this okay. podcast. This we is do need our, to give it a rating, though. This is our longest we one yet. We do have to give it a rating. <laughs> what is our rating system out of? One of 27? Well, it changes every time. You know, it's, it's always it's always out of five. It's like a theme. But, um... One out of five, uh, Teacups. Tea, yeah, I was going to say teacups. Oh, how, entra- how entranced were we by this movie? Okay. <sighs> Hypnotized into submission. Uh, this is hard. Okay, can I do, like, point fives like we can? Yeah. No, yeah, you absolutely... Bethany, Bethany has, like, <laughs> fucked the decimal system completely for this. I've done, like, 0. 0.23 kind nice. of annoyances. Like the repeating three? No, put, no, what, put that. Why are you wiping Nice. This? Hypnotize. Okay, so someone else go first. I'm trying to, like, give it a mathematical precision to it, because I know. No, I no, know. no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, okay. I know I'm starting I'm starting with three because it was a good movie, and so now I need to gauge from there how much I care about, right? Like, because clearly it's not going to get a five because it's still playing. Well, no, because it is playing to the masses while also trying to disrupt things, but it's it's not mm-hmm. five level to me. There are ways to do that better still to Well, I feel like because of something that we didn't really get as much of a chance to talk about that, uh, the performances, Yeah. I think it gets a five for me just on the performances alone. Daniel Kaluuya acted his goddamn ass off in this movie. And, like, so did Allison Williams, and so did Catherine Keener, and Bradley Whitford, and Caleb Landry Jones. Like, every. Stephen Root got all the performances. Is that the blind guy? Stephen Root, the white guy? Yeah. The blind guy. The blind guy, yes. Yeah, Yeah, he was incredible. I'm giving it a. 4.3. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Thanks for allowing me to point the decimals. Actually, I'm giving it a 4.3 repeating, like in pi. Yeah, a four and a third. Yeah. Gotcha. Mr. Deese? Deese nuts, am I right? Whoa! End it there. Okay, go. I just want to say congratulations. I've never heard that before. That's crazy. Twenty. (laughs) Here I am, all these years later. No one's ever said that to me. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go with 4.2. And I actually don't think all the performances are as good as you think, but that's... Oh, oh, I'm the same oh. way. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm not... I don't the see them... They were good. Like, They're don't good. get me wrong. Yeah. That's why it got into the point. But I've seen, I've seen better, I think. It's nice not having to be a skeptic. Like, yeah. <laughs> someone else. 
If you have me on more, I'll disagree a lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so just sh- always scared. Would you to do like it. to come on more? <laughs> I'm such an enthusiast. It's just the truth. Everyone knows this about yeah. me. <laughs> but that's why we like you, though. That's why you're the crack power. <laughs> like, we need that person. The one mm-hmm. who's like, and Wolfgang's the Adorno who's like, fuck jazz! Yes! Fuck jazz. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he actually likes jazz. But he's like, fuck Adorno on fucking jazz because it's so fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking racist! <laughs> My wife. Oh, no. <laughs> My babe, wife. Babe. Babe. Babe, come on. Babe. babe it's, it's so... Into the microphone. Babe, we need a number. Babe. <laughs> um, hmm. What's on your mind? Okay. Um, <laughs> I think... You were trying to get us to give a score, and you hadn't even thought through your yeah, numerical value. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't value. think about it very well. I think 4.15. Ooh, Ooh, the I don't know why we're trying to price this, right? This, yeah. but okay. Y'all! <laughs> Still the skeptic, A, but B, apparently we all love this movie. It was great. We do really love this no. movie. No, no, no. John, you, you need the writing. I, I did. I gave you it a did? five. Oh, I missed. Oh, yeah, no, I remember yeah, now. I, remember I, 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 yeah, I, I give, like, a disproportionate amount of five. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, you do. That. You do. Five, five. But to be fair, I'm the one who bought most of these yeah. movies, so it would make sense. Yeah, it's almost yeah, like, yeah. It would make sense. It's like, I like It's like taking something. a survey, like, of you, like, how well do you like your decorating skills? Oh, I love them. They're perfect for everything that I do. What a great movie choice yeah, I so, have made. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I think the reason I didn't give it a five is... I think the ending was... It was supposed to be Loose Ends. Like, I get that. I completely but it forgot a little too... the ending. I think... I, even in the beginning, I thought the ending should have gone that... Like, it, I, I well, think I mean, he should have gotten taken away. Just it almost did. Happened. Their car Which, should have gotten, like, uh, pulled over by another car. <laughs> like, I'm going to police car And, or like, him, like, being... Especially, like, him being in that official... Because that's the point is... That, and I know that he, he was trying to give you the impact through the dread of having to sit with that. Mm-hmm. When the police cars come up, and you have to sit with the idea of, we think they are less safe than they were before when the police rolled up, right? I almost think it works better because I like the feeling... Well, I don't like the feeling, but the the idea that, like, we actually talked about it that was, like, the cop, the cop lights come on, and you're like, oh, man, this is gonna go bad. And then it goes fine. Mm-hmm. And then you sit and you're like... Oh, uh, am I the asshole? And he, you know what he's trying to do. Like, he's trying yeah. to exemplify how, when, when, especially since the whole movie, he's looking for another black person and they're inhabited by a white person, and then his actual black friend, right, gets out mm-hmm. of the car. That safety, that safety in yeah. the other black person is, like, kind of the point. Is that, like, like me, for instance, like, any anyone, you can look for people who are, like, scholarly and very, you know, revolutionary, like, genuine revolutionary white people. You're never going to be as good as the feeling of, someone who understands that that, that safety like yeah. that safety mm-hmm. yeah and so so i understand what he was trying to do there and that was a great move definitely on that part um and honestly i i think i think luckily he he did give the like the bad ending to the other movie not to give it I might away be wrong but i think there's an alternate ending to it there is an alternate oh. ending that was filmed i thought I think we is, watched it is on, I, no we didn't see we it did? this movie for us for this, this movie one. okay for this movie there is he an alternate ending where he does stuck get stuck there Right. Yeah, I thought he gets, where he gets stopped. Yeah, well, I no, thought that I saw stopped. the other ending, which is why I was gasping so hard at the end because I'm I pretty think sure. I watched a different one last time, which is why it's the brain thing. Like no, he, he actually gets implanted. No, in he doesn't head. actually no? get implanted. The, there is an alternate ending where he gets caught where by the, the cops. Oh, the yes. cops! Yes, oh, that's yeah. the ending that I saw. That's why I was sitting there like, fuck, so, fuck, so fuck, fuck the entire so, time. So, like a lot of people have watched that independent of their first viewing of it, is what happened because it got released. I think on YouTube as a way of promoting the Blu-ray release, it was like, by the way, you can oh. see this alternate ending. 
So yeah, no, there were. I don't remember where I Did, saw. Is it that first, the name but... he wanted to have? I or... don't. I think that's what's unclear. I think I think that's the point though. Anytime there's an ambiguous moment like that, is that both are good, right? right. Yeah. It's not that you should choose either or. It's that both of them exemplify something that he wants you to have. And both are right? like valid interpretations yes, of the exactly. ending. Oh, he plays with that in um that episode of the Twilight Zone. The, oh, can the, I ask you the a rewind question. episode? Oh. I have a question. I know you don't want this to go too much longer, but I do have a question <laughs> real quick for the film people, which is... That's us. Yeah. That's us. What Would there ever be a world where, like, marketing a film like that would be good, where if you made four versions of the film and you, like, released them separately? Like, or or even the idea that, like, so there... I can't remember Capitalism is going to keep acquiring old things. It's going to keep revamping and renewing over and over and over. I'm trying to think of a better way to say what I'm... You okay, would, so for example, right, in music you would, you now... Would, you would love it Oh, okay, in music. Now. Let me, let me finish. So, like, there's this theory now that actually one of the best ways you could make money in music right now would be if you on Spotify theoretically had a hit single. What you should always do is release slightly updated versions of it all the time because, oh. like, and it's like an evolving art. So you could say, "Hold oh, on, a remix." But that's what I'm no, not a about. remix. What yeah. I'm saying is, it, it, would that ever be cool? And cool is a weird word, but in movies, like, could you make a movie and then be like? Now I want to interpret this differently, and just hey, like hey. I, it's not a director's cut. It's just like let's redo you the movie can, slightly. And when they run out of ideas, they probably will. And that's kind of that's the point, fair. Is so, that and, it's uh, on the margins now? As like here's the best way to it, everything Chris. on the margins. Eventually, it will get roped in if it actually works, right? And then people will all be doing that. And as soon as all people are doing that, well, you find something I'm new talking to about. Uh, but here's here's, here's, here's the problem. I'm talking gonna... about the artists themselves doing yeah. it. No, like like if Chris what George Lucas did that. <laughs> but I'm talking about like art- no. It's, Let me finish. It is. Art- yeah, so. I guess the doing the Spotify example is bad. I just mean like artistically, is there ever a way that would be like good? Like I think Spotify makes it almost possible now because it's so easy to get music there that you could like write a song, put it up, and people listen to it. And then you say, eh, I don't like the part two minutes thirty five seconds anymore. You could rewrite it and put it right Revision. out the next day. Yeah. I, 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 I see. I see your point. And that's actually something that happens a little bit with the festival circuit. Okay, that's what I was as you wondering. See, as you see, okay. as you see, if something didn't play, play they'll well recut the it before the next festival. Yeah. They'll, re- okay, they'll cool. reshoot and recut. In fact, we saw um, uh, Jen Kears, Jen Kears, um, her like first version of um, Black to Techno that had never been released before ever uh-huh. at Dr. Ringo's uh, Liquid Blackness event, and it is no longer the same way anymore because she was still in the process of making it but it yeah. was like her first like finished version yeah, okay. first, well. that's kind of cool. and now you can't see that version anymore oh. right there's no possible way okay. we saw a version yeah. of cool. it yeah oh. this oh. is this has been an episode of home viewing an episode an, it, yeah. it has been our longest episode yet and it was excellent and i think it was all valuable time all right thanks Let's... everyone for coming to my podcast what are you um, doing I'm oh he's looking at the <laughs> next episode the next movie oh, cool. so like with a g or an h Oh boy! What is, what it? is it? <clears throat> Hold on. It's Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a movie. Where is it? Did they make a Gilligan's Island movie? I'm sure they, they did. did. Is it Gilligan's Island? Was Where I right? Where are you going? What is, is happening? Is it Herbie Reloaded? Finally, <laughs> my time to shine. <laughs> that's Wait, a movie I can critique. Do you like now. Lindsay Lohan? Is that? No, I like <laughs> fast cars. <laughs> fast fucking cars, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure they can't actually cut a car in half and still drive. <laughs> My expert opinion. Wow, this is... I must go. Ooh. Ridiculous. What a weird sounding drum. <laughs> what are you trying to play? 
Hold on. God, white people. Jesus Hold Christ. on, let me white, try it. Here. White passing Here. people. Are you okay. trying to play the Harry Potter thing? Like the Godfather. Yeah, it was game. very. But I got what you were trying to do with like the. True it would have been good if he had picked a real instrument. Azkaban like changed everything. <laughs> Feminism uh, no longer needed. We already. We're there. And do you know we already recorded our Harry Potter episode? Hey, uh, which movie would you say was more important to culture as a whole? Was it the Godfather uh, or, or Prisoner of Azkaban? Azkaban? Yeah, thank you. We're on the same page. I hate you. Both. <laughs> Why did I invite you to be on my podcast? <laughs> Alright, well. I fed you pizza. I do have candy for sure, guys. I got you drinks, the organ machine, so do our, do our theme. Oh, yeah. Uh, that pizza was so Catch good. the Thank other you. podcasts on this network, like, uh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Like, comment, subscribe. Do I say that? Is that what Oh, sure. <laughs> like, like, comment, subscribe. Rate and review us on iTunes. You can hit me up um, for a date at 404 999 Nine and nine. That nine, was not nine, a big number. <laughs> All right. Well, check out. Do, do you want to plug your Patreon? Yeah, Kelpfoot. Kelpfoot. Yeah. See you there. Yes. Okay. Bye forever. Bye forever. Doing the Godfather next time. <laughs> oh, cool! You were actually playing that as a. Okay. I'm dipping out now. Should I hit stop? Oh, good. You can leave that. I'm dipping out now. Should I hit stop? <laughs> Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.